It's Thursday, May the 12th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Kursan talks of annexation and the Senate rejects abortion safeguards. First, the world in brief. Russian-backed officials in the occupied region of Kherson in southern Ukraine said they would ask to join Russia. The Kremlin responded that residents, quote, should decide, signalling that it was open to annexation. Ukrainian officials claimed that their armed forces have taken back territory north of Kharkiv from the Russians. Meanwhile, the operator of Ukraine's gas network announced that it would stop the flow of Russian natural gas to Europe through a key pipeline for the first time. America's Senate voted 51-49 to against advancing a bill that would preserve abortion rights should the Supreme Court overturn Roe v. Wade. Joe Manchin, the conservative Democrat from West Virginia, who has said that he is, quote, pro-life and proud of it, voted with the Republicans. The leak of a draft opinion last week overruling Roe spurred several liberal states to put forward legislation to safeguard abortions should Congress fail. Annual inflation in America dipped slightly to 8.3% in April, from 8.5% the month before. The new figures recorded by the Labour Department were a bit higher than economists' estimate of an 8.1% rise in consumer prices. The slowdown is mostly a result of falling petrol prices last month, which have since started climbing again. The Fed's 2% target remains a long way off. After going the duration of the pandemic without reporting a case of COVID-19, North Korean state media announced the country's first infections. The ruling party's highest decision-making body blamed the outbreak on the quote, carelessness, laxity, irresponsibility and incompetence of those responsible for keeping the virus out of the country and promised a quote, maximum response. North Korea has no known vaccination programme. Police in Hong Kong arrested 90-year-old Cardinal Joseph Zen, one of Asia's most senior Catholic clerics, under draconian national security laws. The Vatican said it was watching with, quote, extreme attention. Mr Zen was detained with four other pro-democracy campaigners, Sid Ho, Denise Ho, Hui Pukyong and Margaret Ung. They were trustees of a now-disbanded fund, which helped pro-democracy protesters pay for legal and medical bills. Nearly 108,000 Americans died by drug overdose in 2021, the highest annual death toll ever recorded, and a 15% increase on the previous year. That around 80,000 deaths involved opioids is a reflection of the deadly spread of fentanyl, a synthetic opioid 100 times more potent than morphine. Traces of fentanyl are commonly found in meth and cocaine, causing overdoses involving those drugs to spike too. Britain's Prime Minister signed a security pact with his Swedish counterpart, promising British support if Sweden were attacked. Boris Johnson is expected to sign a similar agreement with Finland as well. The two Scandinavian countries, alarmed by the Russian invasion of Ukraine, will both announce shortly whether they are applying for NATO membership, a move strongly opposed by Russia. 
And fact of the day. 170. The number of soldiers deployed at Chernobyl the week before Ukraine was invaded by Russia. And now, here's today's agenda. Prodigal Son's negative returns in the spotlight. On Thursday, SoftBank Group, the Japanese investment giant, will publish its results for the first three months of 2022, shedding light on the impact of recent bets made by Sun Masayoshi, the firm's eccentric founder. Some analysts expect SoftBank to post its largest ever losses. At the end of 2021, SoftBank's two vision funds, venture capital portfolios known for aggressive investments in adventurous startups, accounted for just over 40% of the company's 24.7 trillion yen, $215 billion in equity holdings. But those startups, such as Coupon, a South Korean e-commerce outfit, have stumbled this year, buffeted by the regulatory woes of China's technology sector. At the end of 2021, SoftBank also held shares worth about 6 trillion yen in Alibaba, a Chinese e-commerce giant. That is less than half what it had one year earlier. But Alibaba's woes are not over. The company's share price is down by more than 25% this year. Britain's economy will get worse from here. On Thursday, Britain's Office for National Statistics will release its estimate of GDP growth in the first quarter of this year. Economists expect evidence that the recovery from the pains of COVID-19 is stalling. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has disrupted manufacturing, while the end of the vaccine rollout will have hurt growth in the healthcare sector. Nor is there much good news further ahead. On Wednesday, the National Institute for Economic and Social Research, a think tank, predicted that Britain's GDP would fall in the third and fourth quarters of 2022, meaning recession. Policymakers hope that shoppers will dip into the savings they accumulated during the pandemic to buoy spending. But consumer confidence is at its second lowest level since records began in 1974. Gloom amid high inflation and squeezed living standards makes it more likely that people will tighten their belts instead. Inflation Bites in India Monetary policy in India tends to follow a standard routine. Every two months, the Reserve Bank of India meets and, regardless of inflationary pressure, keeps interest rates unchanged. So markets were rattled last week when the RBI called an irregular meeting and increased rates for the first time in two years. The bank's governor said, quote, seismic waves unleashed by the war in Ukraine had forced the decision. In March, inflation hit almost 7%, the highest in 18 months, and well above the RBI's target of below 6%. April's figure, released on Thursday, could touch 7.5%. Food and fuel are the biggest contributors. India's government, which fixes the cost of petrol through state-owned fuel companies, is passing on war-induced spikes in oil prices to consumers. A weak rupee does not help. Should such trends continue, rate hikes may become routine.
Who wins in a long war? The fighting in Ukraine is turning into a long, bloody slog. Russia has concentrated its forces around the Donbass region in the east, but is only inching forward. Avril Haines, America's Director of National Intelligence, says President Vladimir Putin's ambitions extend further. He also wants a land corridor to link his conquests to Transnistria, a Russian-controlled breakaway bit of Moldova that borders western Ukraine. Ukraine's government has raised its ambitions, from mere survival to the recovery of all Ukrainian territory, including lands lost to Russia in 2014, such as Crimea. America seems ready to help. Joe Biden, America's president, requested a whopping $33 billion to help Ukraine and NATO allies. The House of Representatives has approved $40 billion, and the Senate is likely to follow soon. Russia, says Ms. Haynes, thinks the West will eventually lose interest in Ukraine. Yet America reckons time is on its side, because sanctions will weaken Russia. So much so that it worries about Mr. Putin feeling cornered. One side must be wrong. Deep pockets for dinosaurs. Dinosaurs occupy a particular yet popular place in the human psyche. Beloved by young and old, in the figure of these ancient predators, science meets fantasy and fear collides with fascination. On Thursday, at Christie's in New York, the most complete fossilised skeleton ever found of a Deinonychus antoropus, the creature that inspired the Velociraptor in the Jurassic Park film franchise, is up for sale. The auction house hopes that buyers will dig deep. In 2020, it sold a 70 million year old Tyrannosaurus Rex for $31.8 million to an anonymous buyer, who will house it in the Natural History Museum Abu Dhabi, due to open in 2025. Dinosaurs are certainly popular with museum visitors. Over 2 million Britons went to say hello to Dippy, a 26-metre-long cast of a Diplodocus, when it embarked on an eight-venue tour around Britain in 2017. No surprise that Christie's estimates its specimen will fetch between four to six million dollars. Daily Quiz Arboristas will serve you a new question each day. On Friday, your challenge is to give all five answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Thursday. Which Roman officials formed a college to represent the common people, or plebeians? Wednesday. Which medieval officers would wear a tabard? decorated with the coat or arms of their masters. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Florence Nightingale, who was born on this day in 1820. I attribute my success to this. I never gave or took an excuse. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. 
You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.